You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds, like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Hello, and thank you for joining us for a mindful moment. There's never been a better time to build your mindfulness skills. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, but provides a foundation for remaining calm during stressful challenges and events. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive life's challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. Working together, we can learn and grow from any experience. So, let's get started. Can you believe we made it? It's finally the last day of 2020, a year most will be happy to see come to a close. It's all mental, of course. There will be no actual difference between this morning and tomorrow morning. But the first of the year always brings hope for a better year, and I, for one, am all for hope. While there was plenty of chaos, tragedy, and fear during this year, I spent time yesterday reflecting on how I benefited from the events that occurred and areas where things didn't go so great. I think it's important to look back, briefly, in order to process what has occurred, to recognize and be grateful for what we have, and to hold ourselves accountable for whatever may not have gone the way we would have desired. I was pleasantly surprised to realize that I definitely gained more than I lost in 2020. It certainly didn't feel like that as I was experiencing it, but my relationships are stronger, my business has continued to grow, and I've gained clarity about what direction I want to take in the new year. I returned to old hobbies and found delight again in cooking and baking. I recognized habits that need to be changed to better serve me. The list goes on and is pretty long, so I'm definitely very grateful. The area I struggled most with was my health. After 25 years of perfect health, I woke up one morning late in the summer and couldn't get out of bed. Definitely scary stuff, but my hips just weren't responding. Once I lifted my legs down to the floor, 
I discovered I could still walk, and the more I walked, the better my hips felt. So I assumed the problem was that I had become too sedentary and just needed to move more. Over the next couple of months, the pain increased and expanded into my shoulders and hands. Research turned up a condition called polymyalgia rheumatica. So I went to the doctor to see if that was my problem, which it was. The pain was excruciating, and the mental toll of not being able to use my arms, needing help to get dressed, and feeling so restricted with my body on top of being restricted to my home definitely presented a mental challenge for me. The only treatment for PMR is corticosteroids, and while I've been prescription-free the majority of my life, I decided to try it despite a myriad of side effects in order to not only get relief from the pain, but to move freely again. Now every day is an unknown. Some days I am mobile and almost pain-free. Other days I am not. Some days I am what is known as a PredHead, the drug name is prednisone, and can't think clearly or focus at all. Other days I'm sharp as a tack. Some nights I sleep eight hours or more, others as little as three. It's been unsettling to say the least, but practicing mindfulness has definitely helped me accept that it is what it is. I can choose to have faith that my doctor knows what she's doing, that a year from now I may be able to eliminate the steroids, and that my body will heal and continue to support me. I can also hold myself accountable for how this happened. This is the aspect that many people avoid, but I believe it's very important in order to ensure nothing like this happens again, at least whatever's within my control. Now, I'm not talking about blame at all. Like many health conditions, it is unknown what causes PMR, but science assumes it is either bacterial or viral in nature. In other words, they don't know. But I know that I was absolutely fine and had no health issues at all until this happened, and that there was definitely a major shift in my behavior leading up to this event. I stopped moving. Until March of this year, my work was very much in the public. I facilitated workshops at hospitals and at nonprofit organizations. I spoke at conferences. I traveled. I facilitated group meditations and retreats. I attended many meetings all over the county. I went to the gym every week. I was on the go a lot. With the unexpected shutdown of pretty much everything, I went from zipping around to sitting in a chair in front of a computer screen for 10 to 12 hours a day, every day, overnight. The studio here is only about 300 square feet, and I probably didn't take more than a few hundred steps a day for four months straight. I was laser-focused on revamping the business to ensure its continuation and didn't give a thought to what I was doing to my body. I'm not saying it's my fault that I became ill, but I am accepting that I contributed to it. Sure, I may have caught a virus with no symptoms that led to this, but my instincts tell me that the true culprit was being completely sedentary, which weakened my body, allowing this condition to manifest. I became mindless about my health because I was so overwhelmed with the changes needed in order to revamp the business. I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Our minds can only focus on so many things at once, and my priority was definitely work. But looking back on it, I could have taken more breaks, I could have paid attention to my physical discomforts when they were minor and taken action at the time, and I could have just been more aware of what was occurring. 
I think my situation is a great example of mindful versus mindless behavior, as well as the importance of accountability. Of course I'm sorry I'm not well, but I'm not sorry that I accomplished what I needed to do for my work. By holding myself accountable for my condition, my actions now are more mindful and I can focus on what changes I need to make in order to heal and to ensure there is no repeat of this in the future. I can recognize that I allowed myself to become out of balance. All work and no play, exercise, or enough sleep is not a balanced lifestyle. I remember thinking about this several times, but I would override the concerns by telling myself that it was just temporary, that I would shift back to a more normal balance soon. Evidently, not soon enough. My body has never responded well to drugs, but I am not only taking the medication, but doing whatever else I can do to support my body as it goes through this trial. I am being very kind to myself on the days that I'm somewhat wackadoodle. I am even grateful that I received this wake-up call to remind me that even under very unusual circumstances, we can never take our health for granted, and I'm blessed that I didn't contract something more serious. And I will continue to hold myself accountable for my health and take mindful actions in response to whatever comes next. It was a happy coincidence that I met the accountability evangelist, Stephanie Ray, a couple of months ago. Keep in mind that coincidence doesn't mean accident. It means two or more things or events that coincide. Stephanie is a leadership and life coach with a mission to spread the empowering message of accountability and the positive impact a person can have when it is embraced. I couldn't agree more and was really pleased to be asked to participate in Stephanie's upcoming Masterclass Summit. Get out of your own way. I had a chance to reconnect with Stephanie this week to talk about how accountability leads to successfully achieving our goals. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Teresa. I'm excited to be here. And I'm glad to see you again. We spoke uh, early November, uh, getting ready for the Masterclass Summit. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to ask you, I know you started out in the corporate world and then you moved into the nonprofit world, which is very similar to my path. And maybe you could just share a little bit about how you got from there to being the accountability evangelist. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely a story. You don't just uh, decide <laughs> that you want to become the accountability evangelist. So yeah, I was in the corporate setting, as you said. Um, my background is in human resources, and I was working for Bausch & Lomb at Rochester, New York at the time. And the company was sold, and my position was eliminated. And so I had to find something else to do. But during the time at Bausch & Lomb, I was actually very involved in the United Way campaign. And it gave me a taste and an itch to do more work with nonprofits. So it's certainly unfortunate to be laid off, but it gave me the opportunity to work at a nonprofit, which is what I ended up doing. And when I went to the first nonprofit, it's a human services organization that serves people with developmental disabilities, traumatic brain injuries, epilepsy, et cetera. The first thing I noticed is the culture is definitely different. And people talk about that, but they don't tell you what they mean by it's different. And I wasn't sure what to expect, but what I found was a palpable lack of accountability. And it was so obvious to me, I was actually in an interim role for two months and I thought I was just gonna pop around and do different things before I landed. I ended up staying there for five and a half years. And during that time, uh, very soon after I was there for two months and when it was determined that I'd be there full time, 
I realized that I, I have to take on this accountability problem. I can't just hand it to somebody else and say, oh, here, I, I'm a consultant who's so wise. Here's all your problems and off I go. It really became my problem. And so I immediately tackled it, labeled it accountability. And the good news is the leadership team at the time was very open to that. And there was not a lot of fighting about it at all, really no pushback. In fact, they're really open and, and eager for help. And so that's where it started. And the accountability evangelist persona came soon after that, because I was looking for a way to keep the topic fresh, keep it interesting, keep people paying attention. Because after I kind of did my accountability tour, everybody was excited and they were into it, but then it kind of gets old because you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. I'm like, no, no, with accountability, you have to stay on it. And so I decided to kind of pull a gimmick. And so I created this cape with an A on it. And I wore this homemade superhero cape to new hire orientation to teach the leadership class that I developed, which was really all about accountability. And so that's how it started. I thought it was gonna end there. In fact, I stopped wearing the cape because I thought, oh, they're, they're probably sick of this and this has kind of run its course. But the first time I didn't wear it, oh my goodness, people were all over me. Where's your cape? You have to wear your cape. So even on my last day of work there, they made me wear the cape. And so after I left, I decided to uh, refocus my business that I already had on the side to be accountability evangelist. And so the persona lives on. That's fantastic. And then now here you are hosting, launching the upcoming master class summit. Mm -hmm. And that starts January 11th, correct? That's right. So tell me about that. What gave you that idea to do this? And, you know, how did you end up deciding I'm assuming you haven't done this before, correct? Okay, right. It's a big project. So I'm just wondering like how that came about and you know, what motivated you to do this and what you're hoping the outcome will be. Sure, well, there's two things. There's what motivated me to do the summit at all. And then why did I choose the topic? So the first thing is in with the pandemic of uh, the financial situation at my current employer who I'm finishing up with in the next couple of days was hard as it was for many organizations. It's a startup. And so our sales did not uh, do well in the pandemic and my financial situation therefore wasn't great. I had a business on the side, but I wasn't doing much with it. And I decided that I needed to find out if my business could do something. If I actually put the forth the effort that's required, is this business gonna go somewhere? So I myself participated in a summit similar to the one that you participated in with me. And I, through that, one of the speakers uh, is now my coach. I'm a, in a group coaching program and the cohort that I'm in, uh, led by our coach, we're all doing summits of different types. And that was the way to build our audience and engage with more people, get to know speakers and do collaborations. It's been phenomenal experience. I was a little intimidated, I gotta tell you, as you said, it's a huge project and it's really hard to do it when you're already working full time, which is one of the reasons why I decided to leave my other job as of the first of the year, I'll be full-time on Accountability Evangelist. And so during the summit, which runs from January 11th to the 31st, I'll be very hands-on. It, it is pre-recorded interviews, as you know, but the promotion and the excitement and the discussion about it will go on. So that's why I decided to do a summit. It was more, I decided to get a coach who told me to do a summit, but I trust her and she's had a lot of experience and, and good results with it. So that's why I did a summit. The topic is get out of your own way. And the reason I chose that is because in my experience, I find there's a lot of ambitious people out there 
who have great goals, but they have excuses, limitations, beliefs, et cetera, that are holding them back from starting. And the travesty there is not just that they're not going after their goals, it's that the people that they're going to serve as a result of achieving their goals are going unserved or they have to wait to be served. And there's so many people who need us out there. We need to get going. We owe it to ourselves and to the people that we can make an impact on to go after those ambitious goals. So I gathered speakers such as yourself to talk them through that, give them some insights, some actions, some motivation to finally get going. That's excellent. What are some of the themes that are going to be covered during the month of January at the summit? Sure. So the, the subtitle for the summit, it's get out of your own way, eliminate the beliefs, excuses, and distractions that are keeping you from tackling your most ambitious goals. Typically, the speakers are rallying around one of those things, beliefs, excuses, or distractions. I would say uh, the balance of them are focusing on the belief side which is pretty important because it's really your mind that is holding you back and your mind that can push you forward. Others are focusing on, okay, how do you translate that to action? What do you actually do to get the tangible actions? I think there's these pivot points. There's a clarity step where you have to understand what do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? If you don't have that, you're less likely to go after the ambitious goal. So once you get there and you've overcome those self-limiting beliefs, temporarily, I say, because you're, they're always there, they're always coming back. But when you have a, a system and a strategy to, to tackle them, then you can move into, okay, now what am I going to do? And then once you know, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to serve people. Okay, great. What's the plan? So there's some planning involved. And then it, you have to keep going though, because a plan without action is nothing. So you, you have to keep going. And so some of the speakers are doing a nice job of saying, okay, now you have a plan. Don't get too married to your plan. Get moving, right? take action. And so really the whole spectrum, I think, is covered from the beliefs all the way through the execution. I think that's great. And especially now, I think there are a lot of people facing an unknown future right now, and they may have ideas, but I think most people tend to feel intimidated or they tend to look at the um, exterior conditions and a lot of new excuses come up as to why they can't start. And so I like the timing of this in January, you know, the vaccines are coming out now, there's starting to be mm -hmm. a little bit of hope and it's like, good, now don't delay now, like start taking the action now, because we don't know what's going to happen for the next probably couple of years. So don't wait. You know, that's my feeling now is a lot of people are waiting and it's like, don't wait. If you can figure out what you want to do, now's the time to do it. And like you said, so many people are in need right now. So if you want to be of service, it's just kind of getting your act together and figuring out what do you need to do? You know, what is preventing you from doing it? So I, I'm really excited about this and I hope a lot of people will uh, join in. Yes, I do as well. And I think I like that you reiterated the point about being of service. If you can get out of your own way faster, they get served faster. So that might mean that you don't have everything figured out before you get started. You might have to change things along the way. You might have to live outside your comfort zone in the service of others. It's totally worth it. And Everyone else is scrutinizing you far less than you are scrutinizing yourself. And those, that comes with those limiting beliefs that we'll talk about. Yeah. And I think too, just in thinking about what you said about planning, like don't hold on to a plan too tight. So I think, and the comfort zone issue also, I think if anything, this last year has taught a lot of people that they can live outside of their comfort zone. 
and that planning anything too rigidly is probably not the best idea. You know, so the plan it gives you the path, but you have to be flexible enough to adapt to whatever's happening. And I think people have gotten a lot of practice at that, even if they didn't want to in this past year. So now they can use that to their advantage. Right, right. I think people have tapped into their resiliency during this time and realized that, gee, what can I, if I've survived this, what else can I do? I think that's a wonderful silver lining for the pandemic. And so many negatives have come out of it. But you said earlier about people waiting, you know, it's counterintuitive, but now's a great time to do something different. I think, I think people are a lot more forgiving and tolerant of experimentation. You know, if you want to try something, it doesn't work. No, no big deal. Try something else. You know, I think people really want to see each other succeed in a way they didn't in the past. Yeah. So it's, it's okay. Try it. It's, it's the best time to do it. It is counterintuitive, but there's no reason to wait. And if you have waited, don't beat yourself up about it. You can start anytime. Yeah, I agree. I guess in closing, I would like to ask if you have any insight or tip or just maybe one thing you could share with people about getting out of their own way to kind of get them in this mood to really start exploring. Yeah, sure. One of the things I've been focusing on personally is rewriting my own rules. And first you have to recognize that you have them and that they're, they're really yours and no one else's. For example, as I mentioned, I'm moving in full-time into my business. For the longest time, I've had the business open since uh, January, 2015. But every time I spoke of it, I would say it as, as an afterthought. I'd say, oh, well, I work here, but then I had this side business and I would just put it down And I wouldn't label myself as a true entrepreneur because I didn't feel like I was legitimate because it was just a side thing. Well, the reality is for many entrepreneurs, it's a side thing. They have to start somewhere and very few people can just take the leap with no financial cushion and just say, I'm going to do this full time. But for me, I was in my own way because I just was almost embarrassed to admit I had a side business that wasn't growing. And so that's just one example. I have many, many of them for myself that I face all the time and challenge myself and say, wait a minute, that's not right. No one ever told you that. You didn't even read that anywhere. Where did that come from? And I think it's just important for everyone else to think that way in all aspects of your life. Things that watch outs are anytime you say, I never, or I always, you might want to just pick that apart a little bit. I mean, if it's, I always have integrity, I hope so, but really we're humans. So even that might not be 100% true. Or I, I never could uh, travel outside the U.S. if you're a person that feels uh, uncomfortable about international travel. Well, who made that rule? You did. And so, and think about it. I know, Teresa, you have traveled um, quite a bit. So that's a great example for you. If you can imagine what your life would be like if you put that restriction on yourself and you didn't go to Italy, right? That, that's not, it's just, it's just an unfortunate and arbitrary restriction. So I would just encourage people to be on, be on the lookout for the things that you say to yourself that are rules that you have created that did not come from anywhere else and are invalid. Yeah, it's amazing how many times, you know, if you don't check in, you're not aware. A lot of people are not aware they made up their own rules. I've had to ask myself many times, where did that come from? You know, when I suddenly mm-hmm. realize I'm putting a restriction on myself for no reason, it just came from somewhere, got stuck. And then I falsely believe it's true. So I love that. That's great. How about sharing where people go or what they should do if they're interested in attending the summit? Sure. So the quickest route to get there is to go to the accountabilityevangelist.com website. And right on the homepage is the link that you can click. Uh, there's a longer link that, Teresa, that you have that you can, you can share as a result of it that would kind of connect people to you. So I know that you referred them to me. 
But if you're if you're just thinking in your head, how can I remember this? Accountabilityevangelist.com homepage takes you right to the link you can click and register for the summit for free to watch it every day. Each speaker that is released, you have 24 hours to watch them. Or there is an there's a premium option, a VIP pass you can buy where you can have lifetime access to all the interviews. Great. Well, I am really looking forward to it and we'll definitely post the links on our social media. And I just want to share with you that I really appreciate getting to meet you and I'm really excited about the summit and I really hope it reaches a lot of people because I think this is a great way to launch the new year. So thank you so much for all of your hard work on this. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm, I'm so pleased with it about the content is phenomenal. It's, it's a wonderful product. I hope tons of people take advantage of it. And I hope those tons of people finally go after their ambitious goals. Me too. And of course, I want to wish you a happy new year. Likewise, Teresa, it's going to be a great year. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Stephanie for joining us with her accountability wisdom and be sure to check out the summit. You can find links to register for the free sessions that begin on January 11th on our social media and website, or you can go to accountabilityevangelist.com to learn more about Stephanie and the summit. I want to thank you so much for joining me this year on the podcast. I hope it has helped you as much as it has helped me, and I look forward to continuing our mindfulness journey together in 2021. We all deserve a big pat on the back for getting through this so far, and I'm truly hopeful about what the future will bring. I'm also excited about all of the new possibilities that will be emerging in the coming months, and sincerely wish that 2021 is a happier, healthier year for you and your loved ones. Find a comfortable position and close your eyes or lower your gaze. Breathe in one, two, three, four. Hold for one, two, three, four. Exhale one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe in one, two, three, four, hold for one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe in, one, two, three, four, Hold for one, two, three, four. Exhale one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now take in a deep cleansing breath and sigh with relief. Have a wonderful week. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it, even during challenging times. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. We encourage you to meditate every day, be mindful in your daily activities, 
and please stay safe and be well. Until next time. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts and rate this podcast so that others can find us. Follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat, by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll, by Josh Kirsch, Media Right Productions. Breathwork music, Angel's Dream, by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.